0: As good as I remember.
1: Egar we should end this feud now, way it should
0: end it a long time ago. Right yes. Mags, what did you do?
1: Same thing I did to Loretta's daddy. It's too late. It was already in the glass, not in the jar. Oh, this is the heart. The official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com trashcan.com brought to you by the Podcast Network. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's
0: Law at HoboTrashCan.com dot com. up, ride that funky pony. Giddy up, giddy up, ride that funky pony. Giddy up, giddy up, ride that. Funky pony. Giddy up, giddy up, I this is giddy up. I write that monkey pony. Giddy up, giddy up. I write that monkey pony. We gotta and and that I write that monkey pony. that I write that that I
2: Hello again, I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and this week we have something special for you. We're bringing you audio highlights from our interview with Margot Martindale, who won an Emmy for her performance as Mags Bennett on Justified, so you can find the full interview on Hobotrashcan.com. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, to close out the show this week, we have a very cool song for you. We are playing November Night by Jacob Martin. So I hope you enjoy that as well. I just wanted to ask you first, uh, how did you get into acting? Like, when did you decide it's what you wanted to do for a living?
1: Uh, well, I for a living, I don't know if I've decided that. When I got into acting was uh, in high school, you know, a musical in my high school in a small town in Texas. And, uh, but I, looking back on it, I think I probably had been acting since all the play games in the backyard, you know, since I was a child. So, uh, but knowing that's what I wanted to do was 16 years old. Oh,
2: okay. And so when did you, did you pretty much, that was always your pursuit? Like, you know, did, I don't know, did you go to college for acting or did you just? Yeah, I
1: did. I did. I went, uh, I, my, my, aptitude was for the sciences, math and biology and all that, but my talent was in, I guess, acting, and I, um, I got a scholarship to a small college in my hometown, um, which was a, it specialized in acting, though it was a little Methodist school called Lawnmores College, and from there I got about 22 scholarships to um, uh, universities. The lawnmowers was the two-year school junior school and uh, I went to the University of Michigan on a full theater scholarship
2: very nice uh, yeah and so did you you pretty much just acted straight from there like that was always what you did well for you?
1: I, I, I mean no not what I did for a living I mean I did everything else for a living it's what I did for my passion I guess I from from Michigan I think I had my first paying job in Michigan then I went to Harvard and had a paying job uh, doing uh, the A.R.T. theater there at Harvard. From Harvard, I moved to New York, and then it was a rocky road, you know, for, through the seventies. I did, I think, in nineteen seventy nine, um, I it sort of kicked in. Jim McClure wrote a play for me, and I I did that it was called "Laundry in Bourbon." It was all from theater, and I finally. In 1987, I did a play that was an extremely huge hit. So I'd done some other hit plays before that, but not like this one. And people in Hollywood came. It was still Magnolias. So I was still working during the day as something else and doing the play at night until we moved from the small theater we were in to another theater. And it, and then it was off and running in an enormous hit, ran for three years.
2: Uh, well, well I know- that's really. Oh, I'm sorry. That's
1: really, Howard. That's really when I actually. I mean, off and on, I could stop doing other jobs, but that 1987 was the first time I actually stopped completely having to support my. You know, I mean, my husband supported me many much of the time, but having to do an extra job to um, pay the rent.
2: Uh, well I know uh I only have a limited amount of time with you here so I just wanted to skip ahead a little bit and just uh million dollar baby like what how did that come about and, and what did that do for you like how did that change your career
1: Well that came about I was doing a show on Broadway Cannon Hot tin Roof and it was nominated for Tony and during the time uh, during I think i oh, gee I can't even remember during that, that summer, after Cat 2004, I, uh, auditioned for A Million Dollar Baby. I'd auditioned for Clint many times. He'd always been interested in me. Uh, he had offered me a part in something else that I turned down, which I thought, uh, that's the end of me with many, with a <laughs> tiny part. And <laughs> it was something I didn't want to do. So, uh, uh, I, uh, I, I did actually, I, I did the entire part for him. You don't, you don't meet him. You just do it on, on tape. And, and he told me unanimously everybody in their group said that's it. So it was a, and he, when I got, when I got there to do it, he said just do what you did, basically.
2: Oh, that's, that's got to feel great, especially from someone like Clint Eastwood. Yeah.
1: It was pretty freeing. He's pretty laid back and fantastic.
2: Uh, also, yeah. So then, um, I mean, obviously after that, you you had uh, Mags Bennett on uh, Justified. So right. how, how did how did that come about, and what, what was that? I was like out
1: then? for a premiere of Secretariat, movie, Disney movie I did, which was fabulous. And uh, I got an audition for. I just said, Do "You want to go audition for this Kentucky?" I said, "Oh, can't you just send my real Kentucky woman?" <laughs> And he said, they want to hear you say the words. So I went and I read it and I said, I was fabulous. I said, this is an incredible part. And I said, I'll go wherever I have to go to audition for it. So I, I did and I went on tape in some, in a casting director's office and, and an hour they called and said, you're, you got it. So it was quick, fast. And then I was, and I was only contracted to do, I think, four episodes and then I got the whole season. After they saw the first one, they made it the whole season. It was great. It was a wonderful, fabulous, fantastic part.
2: So, did they give you any indication that they had plans for the character for the entire season, or was it really just like we're going to do four episodes, see how it goes, and then? That well,
1: no, they just it was I was hired for four episodes, uh, and I think before Christmas. They told me I was doing the whole season.
2: Oh, okay. So oh, you knew coming I, in.
1: I, th- I knew. I knew about a month. A month in that I was. It was. It was the whole deal. And were they? Did ple- I know I was? Did I know I was going to be killed? No.
2: <laughs> yeah. So w- what is that like? I mean, w- when did you find out? You know, that, that-
1: I found out. I mean, Graham had called most people when they were being killed off. He'd call them and tell them, and. I got the script, and I sat down next to Tim, and Tim said, how are you? I said, well, I'm dead. <laughs> I, he said, Brent didn't call you? I said, no, we didn't. And Graham, of course, he still, you know, just, I mean, it's a huge joke between us. He said, I'm so sorry, I forgot to call and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I think what? that they had a lot of, they were really contemplating, could we not kill me? But, you know, you really, they really had to kill me. Or I had to kill myself.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, as an actor, do you, you know, when you read it, do you, can you just appreciate the story? Or is, like, there part of you that goes, yeah, but I could live. You know, we could find a way to, to do the I next I can season.
1: tell you that when I read it, I thought it was the absolute per- perfect ending for, for that show. I mean, for that character in that show, she was too much, too big, too... The dramatic arc of that character had nowhere to go but out like that. When I started shoot to shoot it, I broke down sobbing, crying.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would imagine uh, it was is...
1: so emotional. I, I had no idea uh, that—I mean, it came out of the blue to me. That I and I and I, I truly I uh, couldn't. I, I said, "You have to give me some time here. I, I, I'm so sorry."
2: And was it just you and Timothy Oliphant on the set, pretty much, at that point? It
1: was Tim. No, it was everybody. And then I, um, I think Michael Denner was directing the last episode. I'm not sure. Isn't that terrible? I can't remember that, but <laughs> I think so. Uh, and he said, everybody out. Give Margaret some space. And I said, no, it's okay. I'm gonna, I'll i be fine. I'll be fine. But that's really... <laughs> it... it surprised me.
2: Did you, uh, did you keep up with the show? Like, have you, did you watch the following season? Or did I you...
1: watched the first two or three episodes. And then, you know, it kind of got too hard.
2: Yeah, I would uh, imagine it'd be hard to separate. Yeah, just the... it'd
1: be hard. Uh, it's such a fabulous show and everybody on there is so incredible. Uh, but I guess, I, I guess, I guess it was a little painful for me <laughs> isn't that terrible it's so small of me <laughs> but
2: yeah so but what what was that that character like for you because I have to imagine I I mean me personally I've never seen a character like that before and just the the way you came into that show and, and really I think took over the show for a season and then like you said we're such a force I mean what, what was it like you know as an actor to prepare for that no, and it
1: was honestly there was no preparation it was the easiest thing I've ever done, it was, it was as if I was flying, I've never, I've never, it, it was, it was, um, it was almost like somebody came down, like somebody knew that that was, I don't know, It it was so, it was so easy for me to find, and so liberating, it was liberating
2: art. Did you feel like this was a character that, like, you had been waiting for? That just... Yes, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I did a play once in the 90s called The Sugar Bean Sisters, and I, I, my role model in my head was Robert Mitchum. So it was sort of, <laughs> it was almost <laughs> like that sort of, you know, cause Magsman is really smart. <laughs> really smart. Um, and I don't know. It was a. It was, I think it, it, there had been some things kind of brewing for me. Uh, that kind of character coming along. And,
2: and what is it like uh, on Emmy night when you're sitting there and your name gets called out? I mean, did, what, what was that experience like? It
1: was uh, surreal and so uh, so. Unbelievable. Did that really happen? Was that really my name? Could that really be me? You know, all of those things. It was uh, thrilling. It was truly thrilling. <laughs> thrilling.
2: And did you, I, I mean, the like, did it just go by really quickly or, or was it, you know, I mean, what was it, it like? To-
1: you know what? I remember standing up there thinking, I have to take this in. I, I, n- I remember thinking I have to breathe I, I barely breathed but I have, to, I have to take this in I have to see this moment so I was there you know what I mean right I, did, I, I was there <laughs> I was there. I promise you
2: I was <laughs> uh, it, it was such a, a great moment. And just as a, a big fan of that show and, and a big fan of your character, I, I was really happy for you to just get to see you win that. Like, it was very cool. to.
1: to it was get... cool. It was really cool. <laughs> Extremely. Uh,
2: so, so after you, you play that character, though, does it sort of – change, you know, going forward, like looking at work and now the, this movie uh, Scalene, does it sort of change what you're looking for in a character? Did, did it sort of elevate... Well,
1: now I did Scalene before Justified. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I did Scalene uh, the spring before the fall of Justified. Okay. Uh, So, that, I was... That Scalene is a... That had a complicated character in it. I'm very drawn to... Complex and complicated, so you know, uh, I was drawn to the the mystery, the psycho bit of that. I thought he had a really great style. Um, you know, you could never—I mean, you could never um, know exactly how something's going to turn out. But uh, I would say the first five minutes of that movie is pretty fantastic. And I think the whole thing is really great, but stylistically, fabulous.
2: And and so, what do you have sort of like a set thing that you look for uh, in roles, or do you just sort of read the script and, and see, you know, because you mentioned like turning down a, a Clint Eastwood role, like how do you decide what material you want to do and what stuff you don't want to do?
1: Well, that was Mystic River, and it was Woman at Door. <laughs> that's what I did that's what I didn't want to do <laughs> Or neighbor neighbor woman. I want there to be enough depth to play.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah you just sort of like I need, so you I need
1: some I need some playroom in a character because otherwise, if I have to button myself down, it's it's not no fun and it's no fun to watch but if there's playroom it's fun to do and it's fun to watch
2: so so when you say play like do you are you someone who prepares a lot for role and then like once you get on set you you kind of play around with it or how did like what's your process I like
1: learn it i look at the arc i learn it and then i let it go and then i play
2: and do you, do you usually get a lot of room to play? Like, are directors kind of give you room to, to do? Some it, or... do,
1: and some some do, and some don't. Uh,
2: well, I know I, I'm just a, I know I'm just about out of time uh, with you here. But what uh, what does the future hold for you? What, what else is on the horizon for
1: you? Well, I have a wonderful thing brewing right now, and I'm very excited about it. And it's not quite the na- negotiating is not nailed down, but it's a movie for the fall that I'm thrilled about.
2: And so then I'm
1: hoping there's a new television series on uh, somewhere lurking out there.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, we need to get you back on TV. I need you back on my television, Frank. I
1: need to be back on television. <laughs> Actually, Graham yesterday wrote me the day before yesterday was my birthday, and he-, he wrote to wish me a happy birthday, and I said, need to say your words, new show, question mark. <laughs> 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 So, uh, but the, the movie is, will be a fantastic thing to do. And in two days or something, I could tell you what it is, but I can't right now.
2: <laughs> well, you feel free to, to email me in two days if you okay, want. Okay,
1: okay,
2: okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for it. Thank you for so much. It. it was so great. Uh, all to right, have honey. You. All
0: right. You bye, too. Three. Bye-bye. Never have champagne. Never dances in the rain Never kisses once the morning has arrived And if I had my way I would make it rain today Cause it's a warm storm we require Is it love that we've got on our minds? Is it love that we've got on our minds? Loneliness is a game we play when no one is around In the cold of a November night In the cold of a November night where she's so easy to please All she wants is to be seen And I look at her and I can't turn away And I am all As she makes her way back home Cause I told her that she didn't have to stay Is it love that we've got on our minds? Is it love that we've got on our minds? Loneliness is a game we play when no one is around In the cold of a November night In the cold of a November night It's a game we play when no one is around In the cold of a November night In the cold of a November night